0: Let's get into the scriptures today as we talk about a tortured soul. i got a couple of scriptures. 1 Peter 2.11 I want to share. It says this. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. I also want to read from Romans 7. Scriptures say this in verse 15. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Who's been there? (laughs) Very difficult. Verse 21, I want to skip to this. It says this. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me? This body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, many of us feel like there's a war waged on our soul. We feel tortured in our soul. And today I want to discuss this and I want to enter into this. And I believe today can be a day of freedom. Let's pray. Father, dear Father, we worship you in this place. And Lord, I pray for those of us who relate to the Scripture, where the things we want to do, we don't do, and the things we don't want to do, we end up doing again and again. Lord, when we give into these desires that we're ashamed of, it feels like we're overwhelmed with guilt at times. It feels like there is truly a war in our souls. Lord, I pray that today would be a day of freedom as we trust in the name of our Lord Jesus. We pray. And everybody said, Amen. Have you ever felt tortured in your soul? Have you ever felt bullied in your heart, in your mind? Have you ever felt bullied at all? In high school, I wasn't this strong specimen of strength you see before you. My freshman year, I was about 100 pounds, brown, scrawny, Sri Lankan kid in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. I wasn't very intimidating. One day in the locker room, I saw my friend Adam getting bullied by a junior. Adam was one of my good friends. We were freshmen, and he was getting bullied by this junior, who I later found out was a Golden Gloves boxing regional champion in our area of Coon Rapids, Minnesota. And so as a 100-pound, brown, scrawny, Sri Lankan kid watching this junior pick on my friend who was also a freshman, I hated the bullying. I hated that sense of being picked on. I hated that my friend on my watch and in my sight was being taken advantage of. So I did what many of us would have done. I walked up to this 200-pound guy. I pushed him, and he hit his leg against the the bench on the ground, and he tripped and hit the back of his head against the locker. And I said, hey, why don't you pick on someone your own size? He's looking around oh, you're talking about you. And as soon as I pushed him, he stands up, and he's about to brawl. A whole group of high schoolers form a circle immediately, like like it happens in the movies, and there's this fight, and people are ready for a fight. And I realized this guy is a boxing legend in our area. There's no way I could ever fight him. Once he gets in his groove, once he starts throwing punches, I will never be able to stop him. So I have to get him out of his rhythm because I hate bullying And I want to win this. And so I say, okay, pick on someone your own size. And in fact, I will give you a punch for free. I will just stand here and I will take a punch to my face. And everyone's like, oh, 100 pounds for a lucky brown kid getting scrawny in your face. I was like, yeah, and you can punch me free hit. And so he's like, all right, I'm going to take advantage of this. He winds up and boom, he punches me. I'm starting to black out. But somehow, praise to our Lord God Almighty, I stay on my feet. And the whole crowd is like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. He's like a weeping willow. He's staying upright, though. He's staying upright. He is planted. And so I go, all right, I still can't beat this guy, but I I feel the crowd swaying in my momentum. All right, you know what? I'm going to give you a second hit. I don't think you did that just right. And so he winds up. And he is angry. He's not thinking in his right mind, so he loses his form. He loses his technique. And he hits me in an improper way. And crack, he breaks his wrist on my face. (laughs) Praise God. And now he's like, oh, Wimpery, Wimpery, oh, bully, you're in pain now? And the crowd starts to turn, and they realize he can't fight anymore. And he backs off, and I'm not joking, the locker room cheered for me. <laughs> it was a great day for scrawny kids across the USA, all 10 of you watching on podcasts. <laughs> if, you, if you're scrawny, I want you to know there is hope. <laughs> you know, I just couldn't stand that bullying, and so I stood up to him, and uh, he broke his wrist, and uh, you know, I like to end that story on a high note, but reality is Two days later, he came back with a, a cast, which was much stronger than his fist, and he, he beat me up and broke my glasses. <laughs> that's actually where the story, I know, that's where the story actually ends. <laughs> but there's these times in our lives where we just feel bullied, and we want to stand up to our sin, or we want to stand up to our shame, we want to stand up to these habits in our life, but it feels like they're just picking on us. And talking to us, and we get angry, and we're like, this is enough. Pick on someone your own size, or this is enough. You're not going to have it anymore. You know, sin, temptation, habit. But it feels like in our souls, no matter how many victories we have, it feels like that war is still in our soul continually. Have you ever felt like that? That there are torturous desires, torturous realities in our soul. And today, you might be tortured by a couple of things. Maybe to give us some language this morning, maybe you are tortured by some of the sins that you've committed. You're tortured by some of the sins that you have committed. You know, in the scriptures, Psalm 38, verses 3 through 4 says this. Because of your anger, my whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sins. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. Have you ever felt like that? where the guilt of your sins is just, like, torturing you. It's everywhere. I I mean, I remember I used to lie to people all the time, and some of you guys think my stories are lies. They are not. I remember Andrew, he used to say, I don't believe your stories until he he started living with me, and then he's like, I'm part of the stories now. I believe it, and he can attest to all of these stories. It's awesome. But I I used to lie a lot, and it would torture me. It would eat me up on the inside. And so I would would confess to people like, hey, you know last week when I said I was a helicopter pilot? I'm not. It's just eating me up. And sometimes they're, they're light things like lying about being a helicopter pilot. But sometimes they're serious things like stealing or or maybe you, you're you like, ah, I don't want to overeat anymore, and ah, I failed, I gave into this, or I'm looking at porn all the time, and today is the day, alright, this is my last time, I'm giving it up, and then you're like, a week later, or a month later, you're like, ah, oh, man, I'm stuck in this, and I'm consumed by this guilt, and I'm tortured by the sins that I've committed, or maybe you are just a, a gossip, or a mean person, or you overspend your money, and you're like, alright, I'm going to stay within a budget. Ah, oh, I, I gave into the moment. Uh, I'm just uh, sick of the sins and the cycles and the habits, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing, and it's, it's honestly, it's just torture in my soul. Maybe that's you today. Another reason we're often tortured in our souls is because of the lies we believe, the lies we believe about ourselves, you know, and the Scriptures in John 8:44 talking about the devil it says he was a murderer from the beginning not holding to the truth for there is no truth in him when he lies he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies and sometimes we start Believing lies about ourselves because of our mistakes, and they become a cycle, a loop, a record on repeat in our brain. And the devil, the father of lies, really gets into our brain, and we start to just believe things about ourselves. Have you ever been tortured in your soul because of lies on repeat in your mind? You know, I'm reminded of the story about how elephants are trained in Asia, and elephants are huge muscular creatures, but when they're babies, people tie strings around their legs when they're first training them. They they tie these thick ropes, actually, thick ropes around their legs. They take one end around the leg, and then they put the other end, and they stake it in the ground. And when the elephant is a baby, and it wants to find freedom, it wants to explore, it finds that it's tethered to the stake in the ground. And it will fight really hard when it's a baby. It'll fight for months and months trying to escape from this heavy rope, but it's so young and so weak, and the rope is so strong, it just can't break it. And it struggles and struggles and struggles. Well, as the elephant gets older, it realizes it's still not winning against this rope, The elephant gives up. And then the trainers, they actually do this crazy thing in Asia. Well, they'll transition from a thick rope to a thin piece of string, a thin piece of rope that any of us could easily snap. An elephant could easily snap. But because the elephant remembers the captivity it held itself in with a thick rope, it doesn't even try to break the thin piece of string. And many of us are just like these elephants. We hold ourselves in captivity now because we felt captive in the past. We believe these lies about ourselves. We're strong enough to break them in the name of Jesus. We're strong enough to break them in a community of faith. But because we struggled with things in the past, we believe lies about ourselves. I will always be a mess up. I will always be a screw up. I will never have a good family. I'll be divorced just like my, my mom and dad. I will always be in debt. I will always be a mess up. Are you tortured by lies you believe about yourself? If that's the case, I believe that today we need a soul detox. We need a soul detox because we've taken this guilt and this shame, we've taken these lies and it's like poison in our body. And when you have... Food poisoning, you don't keep that in your body. What do you do? You get rid of it from any orifice possible. Just let that simmer. When you have food poisoning, you get rid of the poison in your body. Yet, when it comes to spiritual toxins, we hold it in. We hope that one day it will just disappear. We keep it in. We hide it. We stay in the dark. But I believe that there is freedom in this place as we bring these toxins and we say, I want to detox. I want these toxins out of my life for good. I am not going to be held captive by lies. I'm not going to be held captive by shame anymore. I'm going to say, hey, bully to my soul. I'm not taking it anymore. And I believe that today can be a day of freedom. For all of us in this place, amen. And I believe, like Henry David Thoreau said, most men lead lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with songs still in them. And I believe that there are things inside of us that need to be released elephants held by thin lines, but we are held in captivity by thin lies. And we believe that our sin, our shame, we need to take it to the grave. I can't tell anybody. I need to keep this toxin in me. But I believe if if you try to take your sin to the grave, that thing will eventually put you in the grave. Trying to take a secret to the grave will put you in the the grave. And so today, I want to challenge all of us to get rid of the toxins in our life. Today, I want to challenge us with this idea. When your soul is in distress, when you are in distress— Tell your soul to confess that we will not hold toxins. We will not hold our secrets inside of us anymore, but we will get rid of them. You know, I was going to go to Hurricane Katrina cleanup on a missions trip uh, one summer. And uh, before we took a bus drive, I think it was like a 16-hour bus drive from Oklahoma to uh, the Hurricane Katrina site. I believe we were in Long Beach, Mississippi. Uh, I did something stupid. My friends and I about to get on a 16-hour bus trip, and we're sitting in IHOP, which I think is now called IHOB, International House of Burgers, not pancakes anymore. They gave up on pancakes. Is that true? Can anybody testify to that? Is that an elaborate prank that I fell for? It was a prank. I totally <laughs> fell for it, but I love burgers. So, I was very excited. So, we're, we're sitting on IHOP, which is also currently called IHOP. And uh, we're sitting in the restaurant. And my friend dares me. And he says, Hey, Pradeepin, I dare you to drink a pitcher of this butter pecan flavored maple syrup. And I'm like, No, man. We're about to get on a 16 hour bus trip. There's no way I'm going to drink that. He's like, ah, I'll give you $30. They're like, I'm in. I'm in i oh, in. $30? That's a huge amount of money for a bet. And so I, I drink this. I take the pitcher, and it, it doesn't ooze out like water. It's a slow trudge, right? A slow trudge of a thick sludge, okay? And so I grab this pitcher, and I'm drinking it, and I'm trying to chug it, and you just like, gut, 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 when you chug. But this thing is just slowly going in, and I can just feel these toxins making me sicker. I can just feel the butter and the pecan and the maple syrup just taking over my body. And uh, I eat it all. I get $30, but I do not feel good at all. And uh, I know we have the 16-hour road trip in a confined bus that's packed with a lot of people. And so I'm thinking, I don't want this in my body. And so for the first time in my life, I forced myself to vomit. And uh, I want to tell you today, as slow as that sludge went into my body, I vomited it out just as slowly. It wasn't like a quick vomit. It was like a, it was like a, I don't know, slow as molasses comes to my mind. It was so bad. But as it came out, I felt better about who I am as a person. I felt better about how I felt in my body. And I think the same thing applies to our sin in our shame when our souls are tortured. When you're in distress, when you are being poisoned, Tell your soul to confess or to get rid of things. And so last week we talked about the idea of how we can talk to our soul and we can tell it what to do. I want you guys to talk to your soul and tell your souls to confess or to share what's going on in your life when you are in torture in your soul. In Proverbs 28, 13, the scripture says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. And I believe that every one of us who's tortured in our souls with secret sh- shame and sin and guilt and lies, I believe that as we confess them, as we get rid of them, even faster than maple syrup, that we will find freedom and mercy. How many of you guys could use a soul detox this morning? Amen. And so I want you guys to tell your souls to confess, first of all, confess to God. First John 1 8 through 9 says this, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Sometimes when we're struggling, we avoid God We think, I am messing up so I can't talk to God. But I want to tell you to do the very opposite. When you feel the most ashamed in the presence of God, that's when you need to run to God and you be real with him and you tell him what's going on. And guess what? He already knows what you've done. He already knows what you're thinking. When you are the most afraid of God, when you're most embarrassed to being God, that's when you run to God. That's when you come to church and you worship your guts out. You say, I'm just unworthy, Lord. I did this, I did this, I did this, and I just confess my sins. I get rid of them in the name of Jesus. St. Augustine says this in a quote, In failing to confess, Lord, I would only hide you from myself, not myself from you. And we want the Lord to be part of every part of our lives because the Lord is life and light, and he's the only source of hope. What got you in this mess will not get you out of the mess. We need God to be faithful and give us a way out. Amen? So I want to encourage you, when you're in distress, tell your soul to confess your sins to God that you might find freedom and healing. I do this all the time. God, I'm so sorry. I messed up. And I believe that a real mark of maturity is when you can decrease your time between sinning and confessing. A lot of times when we mess up, we avoid God. And then it's like, ah, days and weeks go by. And then we're like, ah, it's been long enough. I can finally read my Bible again. I can finally feel safe enough to pray or go to church. But I say, let's decrease our time between sinning and confessing and approaching God. Amen? Another thing you can tell your soul to confess is this. Confess your sins to people, your friends, your family. James 5.16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And I don't believe you need to tell your sins to everybody, but you need to tell your sins to somebody You don't need to tell your shame to everybody, but you need to tell your shame to somebody. The devil would love it if you stayed in the darkness. But we find healing when we confess, when we detox, when we get rid of these secret shames and lies, and we say, hey, friend, I'm struggling. Would you pray for me? Would you help me out? Would you process with me? I've never told anybody this. You know, when someone confesses their sins to me, even as a pastor, and they say, I've never told anybody this, usually that's a marker that that person is on the verge of a spiritual breakthrough. Because you find healing when you confess your sins to people. And this is one of the reasons we're so passionate about small groups at Kalos Church. It's an environment where it's not all of us, but it's uh, more personal. It's more family-focused. It's a time where your voice can be heard, where you can hear the prayer requests of your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a time where we can meet in homes or coffee shops or at parks, and we can do life together, and we can share our burdens, and we confess our sins, and we can find healing together as God's people. We are not meant to do life alone and just— FYI, if you are interested in leading a small group, I'm just saying, any of you can. You don't have to be a spiritual superstar. There's a meeting tonight at 630. We're going to have a small group leadership interest party. I hope that place is packed with people saying, hey, I want to create a safe environment for my brothers and sisters to find healing. I want to create a safe environment where we're not just walking side by side, but we never see each other eye to eye. I want to create an environment where we're not just listening to a brown guy on stage, but we have each other's voices known. And so if you're saying, I can be passionate about creating environments for healing and relationship and community, come to that small group interest party tonight. Amen? And if you can't make it, let me know, and we can have a good old-fashioned phone conversation about it. It'll be really, really good. You don't have to tell everybody, but you need to tell somebody. And I believe that you will find freedom. You know, I I remember my friend, he was uh, really mad at me one day. He was angry at me, and it got to the point where he was, like, thinking mean thoughts about me, thinking horrible things would happen to me. (laughs) And uh, I I don't want to say this was cute, but he approached me one day, and he had a letter. And he pulled it out, and he said, Pradeepan? I'm so angry at you, but I can't even look at you and talk to you. But I want to read a rage letter to you. This is a letter of my rage and anger towards you. It's perfect. I'm going to read it to you right now. I was like, God bless you. Thank you. You're about to find healing, I guess. (laughs) And he, he read this letter. I'm just so sick of when you do this. I'm so angry. And in my heart, I'm just thinking evil things about you. And then as he started to read it, praise the Lord for him, he started to feel better. (laughs) He's like, oh, my soul feels so much better after saying all that. But we were able to process it. He apologized for the sin in his heart of anger and rage and wanting bad things to happen to me. I apologized for my part in it. And as he confessed, as he got rid of these toxins, this butter and pecan, maple syrup inside of his soul. As he got rid of that, he was able to find healing, and our relationship was healed as well. Some of you guys, you need to get rid of some of these things you're holding inside of you. Some of you guys have sinned or believed lies or held these thoughts about people for so long that it's changing who you are. It's just coursing through your veins and your blood. It's not the person you want to be. I believe you can find freedom today. I believe that we can all experience a soul detox. So we tell our souls to confess. Another thing you can tell your soul is this, in your time of distress. Tell your soul that we have a way out, that we can experience freedom. First Corinthians in the scriptures, chapter 10, verse 13 says this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. How many of you guys want a way out today? Our God is faithful. He was faithful back then, and he will do it again like we sang. Our God is faithful, and he will show us a way out. Today can be your day of Freedom, I totally believe it. You know, in my relationship with my wife, Pastor Amritha, we discovered that I have a love language where I feel like I'm expressing love when I'm picking on someone, when I become the bully, if you will. And so I will throw her on the couch, pin her arms around herself, make her hit herself with her hands, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself, I like, anybody with me? You just have the, the love language of picking on someone. I'm all alone? I'm, no. All right. They, thank you. Thank you. I just, I just love expressing love that way. I, don't, I, I was a little brother. Maybe that has something to do with it. And uh, Sometimes I pick on her and uh, a joke can stay fresh and alive for me for like a couple hours, right? I, I love to beat a dead horse. I don't get old of I don't, jokes don't get old to me very quickly, and so I'll be picking on her, and picking on her, and we used to get in fights all the time, pretty open, all right, I get it, it's funny, ha ha, I'm hitting myself, ha ha ha, but can can you stop it, and I wouldn't take the hint, I wouldn't stop, so finally, we agreed, we need a safe word in our marriage for when I'm picking on her too much, and so when I'm picking on her, if at any point, Pastor Maritha not says, but it. At any point she sings, stop in the name of love. (laughs) I have to completely stop. No questions asked. It's a safe word. And so when I'm picking on her and torturing, all she has to do is say the safe word, and she experiences freedom. And uh, I just want to let you know that Jesus (laughs) This is so corny, but get ready to applause. Jesus is our safe word, and he sets us free when our souls are tortured. Amen. Can we give God a good round of applause for that? But Jesus truly is our safe word. And I want you to remind your souls, when you're in these cycles of sin and shame, when you've absorbed these toxins, when you're tortured by lies you believe about yourself, that we can call on the name of Jesus every single second, every single moment of our life, every single day, and we can experience freedom in Christ. Jesus, the name above all names, is our safe word. Jesus is the overseer of our soul for when we're tortured. First Peter says this, he himself, speaking of Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you are like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Did you know that Jesus is watching over your soul? He will take care of you. As you cast your cares on Jesus, he truly will take care of you. Some of us in this place, we need to use the safe word for our tortured souls. We need a call on the name of Jesus. And I believe that today can be a day of freedom, a true soul detox. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor Pradeepin, I need a soul detox. There are toxins, spiritual toxins in my body that are just tying me down. I'm like that elephant with a little string. I believe these lies. I'm held captive. There's a bully to my soul. I'm tortured. I need freedom. I just want to encourage you. Would you tell your soul to confess to God? that you might experience forgiveness and a new start? Will you tell your soul to confess to people that you might experience healing? Would you get rid of the toxins in your soul? If you're in this place and you're saying, hey, I think I need to confess to God or people that I might be free. I think I need a call on the name of Jesus that I might be free. Would you just nod your head? You're saying, That's me. I need that. I need a soul detox. That's awesome. Dear Father, for all of us who need that soul detox, I pray that today would be a day of freedom. Jesus, would you set them free? Would you help them to have hope again? Would you give them a way out? Would you bring life where there's death? Lord, would you bring light where there's darkness? Lord, not in our church. We won't stand to be held captive anymore. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that where the Spirit of the Lord is in this place, and we know your Spirit is in here, Lord, I pray that this would be a day of freedom. And right now, we call on the name of Jesus, and we say, Jesus, would you set us free? If you need that freedom, just call on the name of Jesus right now. Say, Jesus, set me free. Set me free. Jesus, set me free. Jesus, set me free. Jesus, set me free. free. Let's call in the name of Jesus together. And let's let this be a defining moment in our lives where we are no longer held captive. Amen. I want you guys to look at me again. You know, before we move on anymore, I just believe that today can truly be a day of freedom. You don't have to live captive anymore for those of us, maybe we're in church for the first time. Maybe this is the first time we've been in an environment like this in years or months or days or decades. And you're saying, Pastor Pradeepin, I I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I feel like I'm stuck in routines of death. I need hope. I need forgiveness. I need a fresh start. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. You know, Kayla's church, we We exist here to make known the beauty of Jesus, and it would be an answer to our prayer if you would say, hey, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, because we know that Jesus is the source of true life. Jesus is the source of true hope, and if you're stuck, if you've been trying to live life by your own rules and your own ways, and you're finding it's not working, can I encourage you, friends, would you surrender your life to Jesus and experience the hope and life that's changed so many of our lives? Would you accept that Jesus loves you and has a plan for you and has a promise for you that you weren't made on accident, but that maybe God has a purpose for you? Would you surrender your life to Jesus and experience all that he has for you? I want to pray for you, for those of you who want to accept Jesus in your life. I just pray that you would accept him into your heart and experience everything God has for you. So let's bow our heads one more time and close our eyes and create a private moment between us and God. But if you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor Pradeep, and that's me, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to I give my whole life to him. On the count of three, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? One, two, three. Just lift your hand boldly. If you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Just lift it so I can see it, so I can pray for you. Awesome. Awesome. All right, we're going to pray this prayer all together, and it's going to be an awesome moment, a moment of faith and hope in life. There's going to be words on the screen, and this isn't a magic spell, but maybe something that can help us articulate what's on our heart. And let's read this out loud together and declare it from our hearts. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give God a round of applause? Praise the Lord for new beginnings.